I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, it is Friday, the 9th of April. Great to be here with you for the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney, and in studio with me, it's always a little bit of a drum roll at this stage. It's Andrew. Oh, that's very nice. What a <laughs> How great you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, how's your day been? Because it's, uh, it's well, been, been an up and, day, up and down day. I'm going to call it a Friday fizzle. I had great Friday hopes, fizzle. as you know, when we embarked on this session. We saw another record finish on Wall Street. Great session here yesterday. Just not to be today, Andrew. Um, perhaps a little bit of, uh, of con- concern about the fact that we don't have the vaccine rollout happening in any meaningful way. And while we heard today after one o'clock that there's some new Pfizer mm. uh, vaccines being acquired still don't have any sort of a, a hard and fast timeline as to when, you know, vaccinations will really kick up here. Well, I think the government's actually looking at a third option too, because obviously there's a difficulty of getting those into the country. Um, and obviously, meanwhile, you know, CSL is trying to ramp up production at the same time. A lot of confusion too over, you know, some countries saying that uh, they're not going to allow uh, people under 60 to have the AstraZeneca vaccine. Others saying those over 60 shouldn't get it. Yeah. What's, where does that leave us? It leaves us uncertain. And you know what? Markets hate uncertainty. You know, people hate uncertainty. This is so crucial. It's crucial to get past the threat of lockdowns. It's crucial to get travel up and running. It will be crucial to the pace of the economic recovery here in Australia. You can't, you can't say that if the world is moving ahead with vaccinations at a faster rate that Australia can keep up if we're not getting vaccinated because, you know, eventually there will be travel and that it, it's not just travel for pleasure, but it's travel for business. Mm. It's, uh, it's uh, international students. I mean, the university sector here is pretty much on its knees. Yeah, and it has uh, wider implications too. You don't have to look at some inner city blocks where those apartments are that uh, would normally be buzzing. And of course, there's no students to fill those blocks. And that's having a knock-on effect with the local economy. Absolutely. The for rent signs, the for lease signs on high streets and around the CBD. Look, I am not taking away at all from anything that we've achieved collectively as Australians through this pandemic. We have done so well. And in a lot of ways, our government has done so well as well. I mean, we've got a lot of liquidity still pumped around the system. A lot of fiscal stimulus still happening and still to come. 
it's just it's just unsettling that this part of the equation it seems as if we're not getting right we we could have been on the golden ticket and it certainly seems that uh, that's not going to be the case if this vaccine rollout doesn't get its act together yeah disappointing i think is the word and you mentioned just today's effect because we're getting more and more bad news about this rollout and that certainly impacted travel stocks because you know obviously the beginning of the week it was good news oh, yeah. for that travel bubble with new zealand but now that is in jeopardy yeah i mean we were speaking with sol as like yesterday on air and he doesn't reckon we'll have international travel happening until 2022 now maybe mid 2022 is that some people are saying so Qantas, i mean they were hoping to get international travel up and running by october the 30th first. That looks ambitious now. Uh, the Prime Minister today wouldn't even commit to saying that the population would be vaccinated by December, just uh, really keeping things vague on that front, because I just don't really think that they, you know, genuinely know. Uh, so we will see, Andrew. Um, look, the RBA is committed to monetary policy stimulus for as far as the eye can see. And mm. I didn't really read anything in that financial stability report today that would indicate otherwise, did you? No, although... You know, the, the issue of house price growth was certainly mentioned many times, and that's something they're watching closely. They've said that, um, obviously, given that's picked up uh, dramatically just in the past few months. And in fact, we had those uh, that data released early in the week from CoreLogic saying that uh, national house prices were up by 2.8% in March. So that's the most in 32 years. Clearly, they're going to be looking at particularly that relationship with uh, the amount of loans out there, uh, the capacity to repay and where those prices are going day by day, they're going higher and higher. So are people, particularly who are trying to get into the market, overextending themselves? That is the issue they're looking at. They are. New housing lending growth, higher risk lending is rising. So uh, you know, pretty much everybody that we speak to expects macro prudential controls will happen this year. That includes ANZ. ANZ out with that call today. So that's one that is a watching brief and will continue to be so. And of course, we're heading into the weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the auctions go. I mean, mm. by all accounts, expected to be strong and not a lot of stock on, on the market. Yeah, it's also uh, taking a look at it, um, just this, the position of banks at the moment saying resilience there is supported by the profitability and obviously also uh, strong capital ratios um, and liquidity in the banking system also high. So that that's comforting uh, given where we're at at the moment. Also uh, taking a look at uh, the issue as far as retail commercial property prices are concerned. So obviously we're seeing those residential prices uh, move higher and higher, but it reinforces the fact that the pandemic has accelerated structural change in the retail sector, which has led to those uh, those falling property values in the commercial sector and saying that uh, impairment rates on commercial property lending remains low, but are expected to rise. So that's important, particularly when you look at the REITs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just reading that a NAB survey showed that conditions in retail are pretty good, but vacancies are rising actually across the board. It's a CBD story where these uh, vacancies are rising. So that's also, uh, you know, part and parcel of the whole work from home and uh, COVID scenario, office vacancies are also on the rise, according to uh, the latest NAB research, uh, research that was done with uh, Jones Lang LaSalle and the RBA as well. So, and, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think when we talk about that structural change, that's obviously given the strength we've seen of online retail. How, is that permanent? Is that structural change permanent? Yeah, possibly. 
And that, uh, that's certainly something that uh, Chris Conway from Marcus Today has been looking at because he's taking another look at Kogan, obviously a huge beneficiary during the, uh, during the pandemic of that trend to online buying. Yeah, so it's that. But he thinks that Kogan, because it's pulled back significantly since the highs in October, he thinks it's sort of a, a value. Uh, he's buying on valuation. If you'd like to listen to the other two contrarian buys that are on Chris's list, you can access that via the show notes. Uh, listen, we talked about DeFi again today with Sergey Nazarov. So he is the co-founder of Oracle Network Chainlink. And uh, yeah, DeFi, when I'm when I'm back, I'm having a little bit of a break. I'm going to try to get a view together on DeFi, open, um, you know, and blockchain and why you listening, why, you know, the average investor even should potentially really start to sit up and, and, and pay attention. And, you know, it's very difficult to get your head around, but even have sort of a, a pedestrian knowledge of yeah. blockchain and DeFi and, and what changes it may bring. Look, I think as an investor, it's really important to get across this um, and get up to speed with your education of yeah, no, this, this technology that's going on right now. Because we're hearing from more and more fund managers too saying you do need some exposure in this space. You know, in five years' time, you look back and you'll be cursing. Yeah. Um, if you don't make that move. And um, you need I get, to, yeah. I, no, I was going to say, I guess the question is, do you want direct exposure? You know, do you go and buy Bitcoin? Or perhaps, uh, you know, there's talk now of ETFs in that space as well. Uh, do you get exposure in some form there? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there are ETFs available as far as the blockchain, blockchain technology is concerned. So that's a, a question you need to ask yourself, I think, of how you get into it. Yeah, um, we're, we're going down a path that I don't think we're going to easily be able to get off of. <laughs> so I'm going to just flip it on its head, talk about the stock of the day on the call today. It was E-Road. E-Road came out saying that it had uh, got a big win in the Australian market. I sat down with Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners to talk all things E-Road. Here's what they had to say. Uh, the core regulatory driver for this is road usage charges, which they have a fairly advanced system for that in New Zealand. And that's why E-Road has managed to get so much market penetration in New Zealand. But the thesis for investors who are buying it at $4 or thereabouts is basically that as more and more of this road usage charge comes in for trucks, etc., in Australia and um, the USA and different states in the USA, E-Road will be able to grow in those markets. So I do think this does actually advance, makes the risk reward a little bit more attractive because it says, hey, mm -hmm. guess what? We're starting to kick things off in Australia. So for me, it is a it is a buy and it's actually one of the bigger positions in my portfolio. Like when I look at that chart, um, it shows me that it's had an initial run from the IPO and it looks like it's changing its investor base a little bit. And I think that's a really good sign for a stock mm -hmm. like this. So. Um, Disruptive tick, um, looking like it's now starting to get that new shareholder base in there. That's another tick. And I think it's a, it's a good little business. So yeah, it's a buy from me. And uh, a bit cheeky, but that one was already in the portfolio. So it's staying in the portfolio. As you heard, Claude absolutely loves it. Adam thinks it's it's great as well. There's a lot of um, potential upside there. So that's the stock of the day, done and dusted. Uh, but yeah, Andrew, you know, to, to sum up the markets today, I suppose a bit disappointing that uh, we couldn't make the five-day winning streak. Uh, you know, it snapped off on this Friday, uh, but still up for the week. And uh, some of yeah, there was there was some positive stories out there. Look, I think it's fair enough to say sentiment is still bullish if not 
cautious yeah. because there's nothing really driving sentiment at the moment. Perhaps we're looking for some more data drops, which might come next week. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got some inflation data in the States that will be really important, the mm. retail read as well. Um, but if you take it into context, you know, we saw that 13-month high yesterday. Uh, it would be the first decline, first daily decline. Here's a little fun fact of the new quarter. So we haven't seen a daily decline days, since yes. March 30th. <laughs> I know, but you know me. These are the kind of things I like. Puts a smile on my face. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, more great guests lined up next week as per usual. I'm trying to think of some of the economic data that's on the agenda. I feel like this week was a big RBA week for us with the decision and then this financial stability report. Yeah, um, look, that's uh, look, no surprises in the financial stability report, but you know, the takeout for me is just that, uh, you know, I think the RBA certainly looking at, uh, at those house prices, they are concerned, perhaps not articulating it in those terms. But uh, okay, as far as next week, uh, the NAB business survey is one that we'll be talking about for the month of March. That's Tuesday as per usual. And we get jobs, 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 jobs will be interesting on Thursday. This is for March as well. Could see a further easing in the unemployment rate. I think CBA has it pegged at 5.6%. Yeah, it's all looking pretty positive job-wise, mm -hmm. particularly, I guess, when we looked at those initial concerns about JobKeeper coming off. Yes, uh, obviously, you're going to get uh, a dip there in employment. But, uh, you know, when roll back six months, there was going to be dramatic concerns there talking about the cliff, which, of course, never eventuated. Um, so I guess the next step is actually trying to get some wage growth because we are starting to see some patches there where uh, demand is growing. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, uh, Andrew, should we go and enjoy this weekend after that massive four-day four day week? Yeah. Have you, I'm still recovering from Easter. <laughs> well, there's still some chocolate floating around this office. I have got to stop. I've got to stop with the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after 4.30 p.m. today. All right, good one. We'll have a great weekend. Thanks, Andrew.